0: Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 13th day of November. As you get your week kick-started, I hope that we can help you out a little bit by walking you, and this doesn't sound like the best way to start your week, but walking you into the wilderness with Jesus. <laughs> well, you say, well, I'd rather the weekend keep going if that's how the week starts. Well, the truth is, is that you're going to go into the wilderness one way or the other, so man, it's best to go in with Jesus. And so if you're going to head into a wilderness, and of course I don't mean a literal wilderness, but I mean a wilderness of this world or your pain or maybe things happening to you or happening around you or loss or tragedy or persecution, there's a lot of ways to describe the wilderness. It's a time of wandering If you're going to go in and you will at some point, it's also indicative in some ways of suffering. The thing that unites the human family, I guess, as much as anything, is that we all suffer. We we don't all suffer to the same degree, but we are all going to suffer to one extent or the other, and in that, that is a type of the wilderness. It's a type of the wilderness because we have the biblical narrative that sets the type of the wilderness out for us way back in the Old Testament, when for a couple of reasons. Well, one, Cain is exited from the presence of the Lord or from the garden area by going east of Eden out into what the Bible calls a wilderness place. And so the first wanderer into the wilderness is someone who wanders because of their rejection. But even Cain goes into the wilderness prepared because God marks him so that no one can harm him. And so God is not in the business of putting you into the wilderness unprepared. The story also has biblical characters wandering into wildernesses, into desert places, like Jacob, who encounters an angel and wrestles all night long with him and is confronted with his real self, my name is Jacob, and has his name changed and has his walk changed and changes his destiny. That happens in a wilderness. Probably the most obvious one is the Exodus journey, where the children of Israel come out of the land of Egypt they go down to the Red Sea. They cross over on dry ground. The Egyptian army is drowned beneath the waves. Israel, less than two weeks later, finds themselves at the edge of the promised land, and they mess this up. <laughs> they don't go in by faith. Instead, they go try to go in by sight, and sight scares them as it will, and that causes them to go down into a wilderness. And so sometimes you go into a wilderness because of what you've done, and Sometimes you go into a wilderness to find out who you need to be, and sometimes you go into a wilderness because there's no other way to get to where you're going. But in any case, God walks into the valley of the shadow of death with you. Jesus, Luke 4, 1 and 2, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So we know... That it's the Holy Spirit in Jesus that walks with Jesus into the wilderness. Verse 2, being tempted or tested for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward when they ended he was hungry. 40 days, there's a lot of typology. I've already given you some of the wilderness types, but 40 days is a miniature recreation of the, the Israel journey through the wilderness of 40 years. Jesus can't spend 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years from right now, the temple's coming down in AD 70. Jesus doesn't have that kind of time. He has one generation to proclaim the message to Israel, to repent that a new system is on the scene, to enter the kingdom. The typology of that 40 is the 40 days that Jesus goes down into the wilderness. And so Jesus has already recreated Israel's journey through the Red Sea, what Paul would call baptized into Moses and the sea. Jesus goes and is baptized in water, and then now goes into a wilderness for 40 days, a a small type of the 40 years, so that when he comes out, the anointed Jesus will do what Luke 4.18 says. He'll preach the gospel to the poor, heal the broken heart, proclaim liberty to the captives, recover sight to the blind, set at liberty to those that are bruised, and, pro- and proclaim the jubilee. So everything good that is coming is only coming because Jesus goes into the wilderness. Let me, let me say that again and let me make it clear. We do not get to the... Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me, version of Jesus, without the version of Jesus that goes into the wilderness to face the test. And the reason for that is because all of us will go into a wilderness to face a test. And so Jesus must go into the wilderness to face a test so that he can be tempted in every point like as we are yet without sin, so that he can face off in the darkness, in the depths. In a way, the journey down into the wilderness is a foreshadow. If it's, a, if it's an allegory of what has already happened with Israel in the wilderness, it's also a foreshadow of what will happen when at the cross Jesus will hang his head and die and then he who will ascend first descends into the lower parts of the earth. This is the sermon we aired for you two days ago. He descended to the dead. Jesus must go down into the darkest area of our lives so that he can bring hope and spring forth new life into the midst of those places. And to do that, he has to go down into the wilderness. Also, and you're going to get, I'm going to just give you. A full shotgun blast over the next few days of all kinds of things I see happening in the wilderness journey. And then hopefully you can run with some of them or reject the ones that don't speak to you or see where the Holy Spirit takes you. I'm certainly no end all in revelation uh, of of scripture or the things of God, and mine doesn't trump yours. Um, But one of the things that I see is that the Jesus that will overcome the great pressing of Gethsemane uses the wilderness as his training ground to overcome the press of Gethsemane because in the wilderness he is confronted by the devil and the darkness and everything that could come against him and by overcoming in the wilderness he's prepared to do what he needs to do in Gethsemane. So in that respect I think that if you don't face off with the darkness of the wilderness, you probably will fail in the Gethsemane experience. Success in one is a training ground to success in the other, and we're going to see that, I think, in the life of Jesus. He ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. This is a fasting passage, but certainly not to insinuate that Jesus overcomes the devil because he fasts. In fact, the devil waits until he's at his hungriest to attack him because you don't get stronger through the fast, but rather weaker. Jesus needs to go down into the weakest place in order to face off with the devil. And we're going to get into the conversation beginning in verse 3 tomorrow. God bless.